0: welcome to the Savvy Parent Podcast, where we help you make smart, legal, and financial decisions for your family. The Savvy Parent Podcast is produced by the law office of Shannon McNulty, an estate planning law firm in New York City. On this episode of the Savvy Parent Podcast, we're joined by Jennifer Cousy from Kaminer Cousy & Associates LLP. Jennifer specializes in assisting her clients with divorce and wears several hats as a lawyer, mediator, and divorce coach. She joins Shannon and I to discuss legal issues for divorced parents in the time of COVID-19. We talk about some of the issues that divorced parents are encountering and how the courts have slowed down. So good communication is often the key to navigating matters related to divorce, custody, and child support. Jennifer shares fantastic information on today's episode. Check it out. We are so excited to have our guest, Jennifer Cousy on the show. Jennifer, welcome to the Savvy Parent Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited to have you as well. And Shannon, as always, welcome back to our show. Thanks, Sarah. So Jennifer, tell us a bit about the work you do with clients around divorce. Okay. So I wear
1: a few different hats. I usually describe myself as a divorce lawyer, mediator, and coach. As a coach, I help clients get organized financially and emotionally for divorce. And I find that this really helps them save a lot in legal fees down the road. So it's a really critical first step for people who know about divorce coaching and can find a divorce coach. Um, I also help clients really arrive at a clear vision for how they want their life to look post divorce. And this way, throughout the process, they can make decisions that really align with that vision, which I think is so important because if you come to a lawyer, feeling very scattered and unsure of what you're looking to do, uh, not only, again, does the process become more expensive, but it becomes more confusing. So I try to to use that opportunity to work with clients to help them, again, build that vision for what life will look like. Um, As a divorce mediator, I work with couples that are looking to resolve their, their marriages and arrive at an agreement that they will live under for the rest of their lives. For some of them, it's, it's a very sort of short-term agreement because maybe they don't have children or their children have already been emancipated, so it's really just dividing property. And for other people, it's a document that they're going to live by for years and years to come because they're co-parenting children for quite a while. So I work with them on everything from distributing assets to child custody um, and parenting time uh, and everything in between, support. All those, all those issues that need to be resolved. And then sometimes when people can't mediate or um, they come to me in a different capacity, I then consult with them, advise them. Sometimes I'm an advisory attorney while they're mediating with another mediator. And sometimes when we can't negotiate a resolution with another attorney, then those matters end up in court, which is always my last hope for clients. It's not where I want them to be. Um, But if that happens, then, then I, you know, have done everything from trials to appeals. And so that's the scope of my work.
0: Got it. You really do wear a lot of hats and I I have questions about that. But before we dig in, Shannon, why was it so important to bring Jennifer on? And when it comes to estate planning, how does divorce impact?
2: Sure. So I think that for a lot of parents, um, divorce, unfortunately, is a reality. And Even for those for whom it is not, it is something that often comes up and it is discussed as often something that people do think about at one time or another. And so I think it's just really important to uh to have some information on as to how to deal with it. As far as my work goes, um generally when somebody gets a divorce, they it's a, a really important time to update your legal documents. So, you know, if you have a a will, kind of leaving everything to your spouse. Well, it's probably not a great idea to to keep that around. Uh, there are some safeguards in place at that the state kind of automatically revokes certain things, but only if you have a full divorce proceeding and have a full full order. So, um, if you're separated, if you are just starting the the proceedings, then. That may not be your spouse. May end up with all of your money, basically, and and that's usually not where you want it to go. The other thing, especially for parents with young kids, is that there is a lot of concern about who is getting the money because if you have a young child, then the money isn't going to be. You can't, you know, have a five year old managing money, and if the uh, the other parents, if so, if the parent passes away. And they leave the money to the minor child who is going to manage that money. And often it's the child's other parent or their guardian who is the other parent. And so it's, the money is being managed by your former spouse, which is usually the last person who you would want it, want to be managing that money. So it's really important when you do get a divorce or even if you're considering divorce proceedings to consult with an estate planning lawyer in conjunction with that process.
0: Yeah, there's so many pieces that really need to be considered. And we're going to get specifically into sort of getting divorced in this COVID-19 era. But Jennifer, I'm curious, because of the multiple hats that you wear, when someone comes to you and they says, say, I want a divorce, how do you decide which hat you're going to wear? Are you just moving forward with divorce proceedings? Are you coaching them first? Do you ask them if they want to try and mediate? How do you How do you navigate that with your clients? I'm sure everyone is different, but you know do you help them try and salvage things or do you just go full force with okay you're getting a divorce let me help you do that that is a great question um and every lawyer
1: is going to be different obviously i can only speak to how i operate um usually when people come to me i always ask them if they've tried counseling sometimes they say they haven't and i always offer the name of a handful of excellent um marriage counselors that i know because i sort of bill myself as not a divorce pusher Um, I only want to be there for someone if, if this is sort of their last resort or what they've, you know, what they're resigned to do. And many times, you know, I've given out those names and, and either it's been successful or people have come back to me a year or two later and said, you know, thank you. We tried, but you know, now I feel ready. And I always feel good that, that I, that I know those people have really kind of done everything they could, um, to salvage their marriage if that's what they wanted. And so when they come to me, they're really ready. Um, The next step is I ask them if they've contemplated mediation Um, because I am also a mediator. I'm a fan of it. I think it's it's one of the best modalities that we have. And I want to make sure people know what it's about before they kind of dig in with me because I need to know whether they want to consult with me as a mediator or whether they want to consult with me as a full-blown legal consultation. If they want to work with me as potentially a mediator, then I really don't want to know Um, everything that's gone on or their side of the story or uh, anything like that without their spouse on the phone, because as a mediator, I'm neutral. So I want both parties to hear everything that's being discussed. And sometimes people will say, oh, well, I didn't really know about mediation. You know, how do I know whether I want to consult with you or whether I want to mediate with you? And I tell them, well, look, if you'd like to consult with me, I can refer you to other mediators, you know, or if you think you might like to mediate with me, I can refer you to other attorneys that can consult with you. So that's sort of my, my first group of questions to make sure that the person calling me is calling me for the right reason. This is another reason though, that I think contacting a divorce coach is so valuable because part of what I do as a coach is I talk through all of those options mediation, collaborative divorce, litigation, negotiation. So that again, by the time as a coach, I'm sending someone to a lawyer, they are laser focused. They know what they want. They know what modality they want. So that's basically how I try to approach people. Oftentimes if someone's sent to me by a friend or someone who used me for their divorce, then they're sure they want advice from me. And then if they're willing to consider mediation, I'll send them to another mediator.
0: And Shannon, what about you? Do your clients just come straight to you and say, I'm getting a divorce. I need to update my will. And then do they even realize that they need to be working with a different type of lawyer for the divorce proceedings, especially when kids are involved?
2: I, I mean, I think some a lot of times it's something that people think about maybe after the proceedings. Um, it's not usually the the first thing on their mind when they're just approaching it. Although it is one of the First things, I I think actually it's important because some of the the things are, you know, who's making your medical decisions for you? If like you just found out that your spouse is cheating on you, do you really want them to be making the decision to pull the plug or not, regardless of whether you've initiated divorce proceedings? So I think it's really important to you know to start thinking about that early. But I I get people sometimes it's clients who have already come to me for estate planning and they're saying, you know, I, I think I am, I might be in a position where i am be getting divorced. And then I refer them to Jennifer and vice versa. I think, you know, when they've gone through the process with Jennifer, she mentions, it's really important to update your legal documents. And, and then that's where, you know, I, I commented the process as well.
0: Yeah. It's great to to have both sides of that, being able to work together and to refer people as needed. So Jennifer, we've heard a lot of speculation that COVID is likely going to lead to an increase in divorces. I actually joked to this about this with my husband. I said, we're probably going to see a lot of babies and a lot of divorces. So I'm curious, are you seeing more people file for divorce? So I've heard those same speculations.
1: I've seen lots of funny memes on Facebook about it. I will say, you know, again, I think most people know that I'm a New York divorce lawyer. So I really can only speak to what I've seen in New York. Because the courts were closed for approximately three months, nobody was able to file a divorce in that time. so um, once once that was lifted and they started accepting new filings, I did see a little bit of an increase, not as much as I would have expected, though. And again, I, you know I only have anecdotal evidence, but I think that people are still feeling very unsure of what's to come. Um, they don't really know if this is the right time to move out of a residence, if this is the right time to, have their children go back and forth between two homes. Um, Some people have lost a job or they've been furloughed or it's just, there's so many unknowns that for a lot of people who are sort of on the fence, this isn't helping them make a decision. They're still on the fence. Um, I have seen though a lot of uptick in mediations. So these are people who sort of have already had the conversation. They're both on the same page and they're ready to get it going. Um, so I have seen an increase in, in mediation clients. Um, I have seen not as large of an increase in divorce filings as I had anticipated.
0: Well, well, not that we want to hope for those numbers to increase, but I guess time will tell if that happens. So let's dig into the the already divorced parents who have custody agreements for kids. How has COVID affected custody in existing arrangements? What are you seeing and what's what's happening for these kids and families?
1: I have gotten quite a bit of phone calls from people who are already divorced, parents who are already divorced, who are not seeing eye to eye on, um, you know, risk tolerance, or whether they should remain living in New York City or Brooklyn, or whether they should move to the suburbs. And, you know, it's been very interesting to sort of to see um, how these people are functioning, because. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we'll see, um, the courts are still lagging, right? So you can't really jump in with a non-emergency and expect to be heard in any kind of rapid fashion. So for someone who wants to move out of Brooklyn, for example, to Westchester or Long Island, the judges are likely going to say, you know, we've got a lot of other pressing matters, but we're not going to hear this right now which could mean months and months and months and months until there's any kind of um, determination or action with respect to that. So what that's really meaning is um, people are having to go see mediators to try to work it out themselves. I'm pushing people to use parent coordinators, uh, which are generally speaking therapists or social workers, although some lawyers are starting to get into this space as well, where these professionals are trying to help parent, co-parents really communicate better come to agreements on tricky issues. Uh, For some parents, they have built into their agreements that if they can't agree on something major, they will see a parent coordinator who will sort of serve as a tiebreaker. It's not exactly that black and white, but uh, for purposes of this discussion, it's sort of easy enough to understand it that way. And really just focusing on getting people to communicate. Um, I have to say that I've been pleasantly surprised at some clients who, even though they did not have good relationships with their ex-spouses have really been able to work together and come together on some of these tricky issues uh, during COVID. And then, you know, there's also been the bad behavior and it largely goes unchecked because again, the courts are really not operating at close to full speed. They're still behind. And so um, a lot of parents are kind of getting away with things. And then there's just sort of the unknowns, you know, there's parents who one feels kids should go back to school if that's an option. The other parent thinks, no way, I don't want my kid in school until there's a vaccine. And, you know, I I imagine that's happening not only in divorced families, but in intact families, right, where parents are just not agreeing. So there's a lot of stuff, which is not a fancy legal term, but you know, a lot of stuff. It's accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate. Now there is a lot of stuff that's going to come out uh, in the next few months and for however long we're in this bizarre you know, pandemic situation.
0: Yeah. You make a good point that I think all families are struggling with these pieces in some way and what level of risk are we willing to take? But when you're then dealing with divorced parents, it becomes much trickier. um, And you're talking about multiple households along with different feelings. So when it comes to these families and these parents, if there are Problems that are arising. Are you seeing any sort of consistent problems or issues, and what is the best way of addressing those? I know you already mentioned like mediation and, and coaching, but any other hints or tips for how to deal with the problems that may arise with divorced parents in this COVID era?
1: Honestly, my best my best tip is just working on communication. Um, there have actually been some free webinars given by an organization in New York City that 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 aims to help co parents. Um, So I think they do a webinar once every week or once every other week about kind of how to have difficult conversations with your co-parent. So, you know, it's obvious that it's a problem and we as the divorce professionals understand it's a problem, but there are very few kind of quick fixes. Um, The, the, really the best answer is just, having as good a communication as you can, you know, trying to assume that the other parent is coming from a good place, which can be hard sometimes given the history, but really trying to assume the best and that really both parents have their kids' best interests at heart. And even if you see it differently, doesn't mean that the other person, you know, doesn't love your child as much as you do, or doesn't think, you know, something's best. So it's just really trying to navigate that. And it's tricky. There's no easy fix. Just communication and using professionals that are available to help have those conversations.
0: Right. And what I'm hearing is, even though the courts may not be hearing some of these less urgent matters, the ex-spouses still need to come to an agreement on it. Correct? If it's, if it's been put into legal documentation, that there needs to be some sort of agreement. The, the court may not be the ones making the decision, but the parents need to somehow come together to find resolution. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes there are things that are built into their agreements that they technically should follow, but that just don't work for what's happening now. Um, a, an easy example is a parenting schedule where pick up and drop off is at school. <laughs> All right? Well, there is no school now. So parents now have to navigate. Okay. Well, if I'm supposed to drop our child off at school on a Monday, well, does that mean I bring them to your place at 9am or 8am? Or are you picking up from me? Right? It's, not, it's not so clear anyway, because the agreement was based around school. So there are things that they just have to be able to come to some agreement on, right? Otherwise, where are the kids going to be? Um, and sometimes they're having those conversations well, and I'm happy to report that. And sometimes they're just not able to. And so that's when they really need to
0: you know, get a professional involved. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have lost their jobs in the past few months. How does a big change in income affect child support obligations? And then how does the sort of the court and the legal proceedings fit into that piece of it?
1: So in New York, um, the the law says that you can revisit child support under three categories of circumstances. One is if there's been an increase or decrease in income of 15% or more. The other is if three years have passed since your judgment. And the other is if there's been a substantial change of circumstances. Uh, I would argue that, you know, COVID-19 is probably a substantial change of circumstances that, you know, nobody could have anticipated. Um, And most people who, you know, everyone who's lost their job has had a decrease in income of 15% or more. Right. So um, many people are meeting these baseline thresholds Um, in terms of sort of what the courts are able to do, you know, Pre-COVID, a person had to demonstrate to the court that they'd done a lot of work to try to find a new job, try to, you know, get the same income some other way. You know, courts were asking them to to look to dig into their um, assets if necessary to kind of bridge the gap. Because at the heart of it, you know, yes, we're concerned with the parent that doesn't have money, but the, the main focus of a court is the child, right? Is this child being supported? So while child support applications are considered sort of emergent, and they were they were one of the exceptions to the limitation on filings, there's still again that lag, right? And the courts can only do so much given the constraints now with COVID 19. So you know people put in their applications, but they haven't necessarily been heard yet. They don't haven't necessarily gotten a resolution. So again, a lot of parents are trying to have makeshift. Agreements. Um, And so sometimes that looks like, hey, can you give me a break for six months? Right. Let me let me get back on my feet and then I can make up the payments. Or can you agree to a temporary reduction or, you know, and, and again, I think parents are trying to do their best under the circumstances. And I am certainly pushing everyone and anyone towards mediation because the courts are so slow and so backlogged. I feel it's going to be hard to get a res- resolution really on anything.
0: I think that's really, really helpful to know is that the courts have closed. they've slowed down, they're not seeing these, you know, um, non-emergency based issues. So to really try and do what you can in terms of communication and mediation to get things resolved outside of the courts. Um, I think that's probably a good way to go often, but especially it sounds yes. like now more than ever to be able to resolve things in that way. So as we wrap up, for anyone thinking about divorce, where can people find you and what resources are there as they maybe start to think about this? And can you tell us a little bit about your coaching program that you have available?
1: Yes, thank you. So um, I will certainly, I think Shannon has all my information. By the way, a quick plug. I do always tell people at the end when I work with them that they do need to redo their estate documents and I happily send them to Shannon and she does an excellent job. And I'm so thrilled to have her as a resource and colleague. But in terms, I think Shannon has my website, you know, for my law firm that she can post. I'm really excited about my coaching program. I actually used the the COVID-19 slowdown to, to really put it together. And I'm really proud of it. And what I do is I take people through a process, right? So I work with them on getting organized financially for divorce, figuring out what financial documents they have and what they don't have, what they know and what they don't know figuring out what they will need going forward in order to have that vision that we talked about before to get clear on what their life will look like post divorce i work with them on decisions for their kids right so what what's going to be good for their kids and also what's going to be good for them as parents you know sometimes parents i mean all the time parents put their kids ahead of themselves and and that's how it should be to some extent but i like to work with my clients to understand their own limitations, right. And their own need for self-care and for time to do that self-care and even grocery shopping. So for example, it's not, it's not feasible to want to have your child seven days a week, even though you can't bear the thought of not being with your child, you know, for a day or two or three or four. But when you think about, well, when are you going to go food shopping? when are you going to, you know, pretend it's not COVID? When are you going to go out for dinner with friends? You know, when are you going to go to the gym? When are you going to do anything for yourself? If you you have your child, when you've got a co-parent who maybe you're, you don't love, but you know, your kid does. And so helping clients work through that. And then the other piece that I really work with them on um, is resilience. Um, I found that my clients who are more resilient spend less money on legal fees and have better outcomes. So I work with them in that capacity. And then I also help them build the right support team. And often that can be a personal support team, but also professional. And that's where lawyers like Shannon come in or other financial professionals, other legal professionals, obviously case by case, depending on the person's circumstances. So um, I put together this program and, you know, I'm really thrilled with it and happy that I got a chance to talk about it. So thank you. And I will give Shannon a link to, um, to that as well. So people can contact me if they're interested.
0: We love that. We love that you use the the slow time to really come up with a fantastic resource for people. So thank you so much for joining us today, Shannon. Any final thoughts as we close out this really helpful episode on navigating divorce and what's going on in this COVID-19 era?
2: Yeah, I just want to thank Jennifer for all of her contribution today. I think it was really helpful. And, um, and I think that just to know that there are great professionals out there to help you through these really difficult times. And whether that's you need an attorney or, you know, as a divorce coach, you know, make sure to reach out. And, um, and I, I certainly have had brave reviews from Jennifer, my clients have worked with her.
0: So We will make sure everyone knows where to find Jennifer and Shannon. Thank you so much both for joining us on the episode today. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. Thank you again to lawyer, mediator, and divorce coach, Jennifer Cousy for all of the information she shared. Don't forget to check out her coaching program or join the Savvy Parent community at thesavvyparent.us.